This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Now we turn to the dangerous situation in Hong Kong, where a new national security law has just taken effect. It criminalizes what the Chinese government considers to be secession, subversion, terrorism, and collusion with foreign forces. People have been arrested, though, for possessing pamphlets. And those offenses, by the way, could carry steep sentences. And despite all that, thousands of people defied a police ban and took to the streets to mark the anniversary of Chinese rule yesterday. So, uh, what is the situation and what happens next? I'd like to welcome Charles Burton, Senior Fellow at the MacDonald Laurier Institute and an expert on Canada-China relations, and Chuck Kwan of the Toronto Association for Democracy in China. Hi, thanks for being with us. Good afternoon, Libby. Good afternoon, Charles. Good afternoon to you both. Okay, Chuck. So uh, what do you think when you're seeing this? This new security law came in without much debate. It was kind of rammed through. People didn't have a chance to have a look at it. The only word I can think of is we're in a mad, mad, mad world. Um, We sort of expected this would happen, but we never expected the extent of the law. Uh, one of them is the Article 38, which extends to anyone outside of Hong Kong, any nation- nationality, any ethnicity, who might uh, subvert the state by uh, asking our own government for sanction against uh, China, for example. Uh, that person would then be, that would be a crime in, in Hong Kong. So what, to talk to that person or what? Sorry? What would be a crime, to talk to that person or? No, the crime would be advocating for either Hong Kong independence or advocating for sanction against Hong Kong or China uh, would be a national security crime. Right. And whoever does that, uh, be very careful when you travel, even transit through Hong Kong airport, you're liable to be arrested. Uh, I of course, is a very... Uh, I was born in Hong Kong, so to this, in the sense, China does not regard me as Canadian citizen. They still regard me as a Chinese citizen or Hong Kong citizen. Even for Charles, who has nothing to do with Hong Kong, other than he speaks better Mandarin than me, uh, is also susceptible for these arrests because the law says that. Okay, never mind you guys, no offense, but what about the people who are in Hong Kong? Uh, we've seen huge demonstrations. What about the people in Hong Kong? Charles? Well, I think, uh, as Chuck says, this law uh, is extremely comprehensive, and the definition of the crimes um, being um, you know, sedition, secession, terrorism, and collusion with foreign forces is extremely broad. And under the law, the Hong Kong police are not bound by the um, common law provisions on search and seizure. 
so they can break into people's houses and look for things or seize people in the middle of the night uh, without um, due process or any, you know, any uh, warrant from a judge. And um, in cases which are defined as complicated or involving foreign collusion, the um, the accused can be transported to mainland China for uh, for Chinese style law, which you know we know about from the Kovrigan's favor case is not uh, going to extend any due process there. So it's essentially um, the end of any ability of people in Hong Kong to express themselves freely or for people abroad, um, particularly persons of Hong Kong origin, to petition governments to try and um, um, lobby the Chinese government to abide by their commitment to the Sino-British Joint Declaration and the basic law, which guarantees 50 years, no change, and uh, one country, two systems. So, as Chuck says, um, people here in Canada who have been active in the movement to uh, promote freedom and democracy in Hong Kong should not return to Hong Kong from uh, July 1st. The um, the law is not retroactive, but uh, my suspicion is that uh, you know no one who has any interest in in democracy and freedom and and the uh, nature of the political culture in Hong Kong and have expressed so in any kind of forum is safe now. Uh, well, is is this the end of uh, one country, two systems? Is it gone? Yes. I think that would be fair to say, and the question really is the extent to which the government roots out people. We've already heard of a case today where a Hong Kong uh, British Dependent Territories passport holder attempted to uh, leave for London and was arrested on the airplane. So, you know, this is uh, this is pretty serious stuff. Mm-hmm. And... Uh... Chuck, what do you expect? Do you think that this will quell all the protests in Hong Kong, or will it spark a huge migration, or what? I don't think it will deter any protests, although it would be a very low-key and, and perhaps in the lower uh, level of, uh, of protests. What does that mean? Uh, somebody had even mentioned that this might turn into an Irish uh, IRA uh, kind of uh, activity where, where Hong Kong becomes Ireland. So um, my my worry right now are that none of the three hundred thousand Canadians there are safe. That's what Chaucer was bringing up, uh, and you know by 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 Chinese standard, they don't rec- if you as long as you're ethnic Chinese, even though you were born outside of China or Hong Kong, you're considered a Chinese uh, in in Chinese law. In that sense, uh, um, anybody. And nobody is safe right now in Hong Kong to, among the 300,000 people. Um, okay, so uh, do you expect them to come back here? I mean, they're Canadians, they can do so. Uh, we, we do. Uh, we hope they will. Uh, and this is something that we have been petitioning our government to make sure that we have ample uh, refugee and asylum-seeking uh, paths for these people to, to, be, to be able to come into uh, back to Canada, um, the the uh, the concern that I have is right now is that uh, just looking at yesterday's headlines, um, the UK, Australia, and the US all have very strong condemnation of what's happening in Hong Kong, and they have made proactive action in allowing for Hong Kong residents to seek asylum or refuge in any of these countries. Canada has not done anything. In fact, the only response that Canadian 
government did was to just tra- uh, uh, issue a travel advisory. I, I want to see Canada take a stronger stand and principal stand in terms of fighting this. This is a world problem. This is not a Canadian-Chinese problem. And, and I want to see our, our prime minister uh, stand up to China. Uh, Charles, I mean, Chuck, you're referring to people who need asylum, but 300,000 people there are Canadians. They don't need asylum. They, they just have to leave. Am I wrong? Um, well, right. you could be wrong in the sense that, you know, we have um, evidence that the Chinese government will not recognize the Canadian citizenship of persons of Chinese origin resident in Hong Kong, and therefore not only would they not be allowed um, consular protection, but there could be difficulties about their right to return. Presently, the British have extended the right to, to settle in Britain to um, three potentially over three million Hong Kong Chinese on the basis that the British dependent territories passports that were issued after 97 were issued on the basis that, that China would be abiding by the, by the uh, Sino-British Joint Declaration, which they have violated. The question is, will the Hong Kong, will the Chinese authorities allow that many people to leave, um, Hong Kong or, or will they uh, use administrative means to compel them to stay against their will? Uh, I mean, isn't there freedom of movement? Chuck, how would they compel them to stay? Well, it's a very simple passport control. I mean, uh, this is something that uh, uh, China has been very uh, used to doing. I, I'm less worried about people who might be so-called, quote-unquote, law-abiding, wanting to leave now. I, I'm more worried for people who have even participated in any protest uh, that has been happening since uh, a year uh, since a year ago. Um, there were uh, two million people marching in Hong Kong. How many Canadians do you think were marching in there? A lot. I'm not sure any of these people, now that their face has been recognized, uh, might be allowed to leave, leave Hong Kong. That's the biggest fear that we have. Uh, you would think that... Uh, they would want those people out. We only have a minute left, by the way. Yeah. But you'd think that they would want those people out. Um, what's going on with that, Charles? There are very few people in Hong Kong who support authoritarian one-party dictatorship rule with lack of freedom of assembly and freedom of, of the press. I don't think there's really anyone in Hong Kong who supports the imposition of this um, highly repressive law. They want to maintain the, the Cantonese free culture in Hong Kong. And, you know, that's normal. So I think that uh, the Chinese government has got a big problem on their hands, but they have the repressive tools to try and contain it. Uh, okay. Um, so w- what happens next? We need to wrap things up, starting with Chuck. I think China is uh, waiting for all this to die over. Uh, they like, Just like what happened in Tiananmen Square, they might wait a year or two or three and everybody will be back to normal. Everybody will be wanting to go back to the one billion people market that they so used to deal with. This is my my biggest worry right now. Mm-hmm. Charles, what do you think? What do you think the next steps are? Well, I think certainly, you know, the United States has imposed some sanctions on Chinese officials who uh, on Chinese banks who deal with Chinese officials who are complicit in the implementation of this law, which violates China's international commitment. And I think that the Canadian government should also start to show some backbone and apply the Magnitsky list sanctions on Chinese officials who are complicit in the repression of freedoms in Hong Kong, because Canada did endorse the Sino-British Joint Declaration, 
at the time it was lodged in the UN at the request of both the Chinese and British governments. So we have an obligation to stand for the people of Hong Kong. Okay. Um, I'm sure that there will be a lot more on this in the meantime. Thank you so much, Charles Burton and Chuck Kwan. Good to speak with you. Okay, good to speak with you. And remember, Free For All Friday is coming up tomorrow. If we could not take your call or you have something to add or whatever it is that is on your mind, we will talk about it then. And that's all the time we have for today. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.